Hey guys, so today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about gold and silver. Um, gold and silver has kind of been a popular topic in the financial news media in the recent years, um, especially since 2009 when the price really took off and soared in the midst of the financial crisis. It's come a little bit down since that time, um, but now it seems to be leveled off at around $1,300 an ounce as far as gold goes, and it's in the 20s for silver, $20 an ounce. Which is interesting. It makes silver, um, you know, they call it the poor man's gold, but really silver is affordable for anybody um, at $20 an ounce at this at this point in time. So I want to just talk quickly about the history of gold and silver, why they're important, and then um, quickly talk about four ways that you can invest in gold and silver. Um, a lot of people don't think about four different ways to invest in them, but there actually are. First of all, let's talk about gold and silver's history. So the history of gold and silver um, starts back in the ancient Egyptian empire when they started using um, gold as a medium of exchange. It wasn't um, really measured and efficient back then, but they were using um, golden nuggets to trade at varying weights for um, different types of goods. Um, and they did this to make life simpler. Before this time, people were trading actual goods. They were kind of bartering, if you will. Somebody might trade 10 sheep for a uh, piece of furniture or something like that. But it became really inefficient because um, a furniture maker didn't always need sheep if you were only a shepherd and that's what you have to give. Um, you know, the, the furniture maker, um, you know, might not need wool or sheep. Um, so you'd have to go searching around for somebody to make you furniture that actually wanted what you could trade for. So people started trading in something that was more common and, and desirable and demanded. And so um, it ended up in you know ancient history that they started trading in silver and gold and, um, and primarily those two precious metals. Um, but early on, they would just trade nuggets, uh, like I said. So, you know, you just kind of go around and weigh your nuggets and try to do the best you can. But you couldn't be sure of the purity or the weight, really. You just have to kind of weigh stuff and, and figure it out. As civilization progressed, once we got into the ancient Greek and Roman empires, um, you know, these civilizations became really big and re really important. Um, and they started measuring and guaranteeing weights and purities of their me uh, metals. Um, you might have seen some of the ancient Greek and especially the ancient Roman coins. They had, you know, pictures of Caesar on them. Um, and it was really the Roman Empire, I believe, that established really the first mint that uh, minted coins for the empire. The problem is that when um, the Roman Empire got into trouble, they um, started debasing their currency and mixing other metals in with the gold and silver, such as tin or copper um, or kind of clad metal, and they started diluting down the value of the currency. Eventually, people caught on to this, and the Roman Empire, as you know, collapsed, and we all know it's defunct. A lot of the reason um, for this was because of their debasement of, of money, um, and they ended up going broke, essentially. Um, people hoarded the old coins that had more um, gold and silver content and value in them, and they kind of hid them. And they, um, you know, were overtaken by barbarians. As history played out, gold and silver continued to be important and continued to be um, considered as money um, through the future of history into the Middle Ages. Um, when you start studying um, the medieval um, French and Spanish and Portuguese and um, 
you know, British empires, gold was very heavily on their mind. They had a lot of it. Um, they decorated their palaces in gold. They had lots of silver. Um, again, it was a safe haven for value, and it was traded, um, and there was no problem with it. People traded um, different weights of gold coins that were minted at mints and um, verified with purity and weight. They would trade them in different weights for different goods. You'd, you'd use your gold coins for more expensive purchases, and you'd use your silver coins for more common purchases. And then there were other coins um, also, like our modern day in the U.S. We have the penny, which is is really, it used to be copper. It's not anymore, but they had other, other um, you know, less valuable metals that they also would trade. So, um, you know, gold and silver has basically been thought of by people for many generations as a, a storehouse of value. Um, in fact, the the old money supply, um, when they started printing paper currency, people demanded that it be backed by something because they wanted it to be worth something. So they wanted to be able to go into the bank and trade their paper currency in for something that they considered valuable. They didn't consider um, the paper bills that we carry around today in today's world valuable. So they wanted to be able to go into the bank in the U.S. at least up until the um, you know, 1930s, they wanted to go into the bank and trade a $20 bill for an ounce of gold, and they wanted to be able to trade a $1 bill for an ounce of silver, and they wanted uh, some guarantee that if they wanted to do that, if the government became reckless and debased the currency, that they would be basically guaranteed to trade their paper for an actual asset, which they considered gold and silver. So a lot of news... Um, News pundits and financial so-called experts today claim that this is an old world um, theory, that um, that money and the money supply is different today, that paper currency is kind of relative and we can inflate and increase debt and do all kinds of neat tricks with it that we couldn't do, um, you know, hundreds and thousands of years ago um, with um, gold and silver. You know, a lot of them will say, oh, what a... Um, what a shame that, um, you know, gold and silver for so long constrained the money supply. We couldn't, you know, we were constrained in how much money we could have floating around the system because uh, it was a real strain on resources. They'll use these type of arguments, but um, what I want to, you know, emphasize to you guys is that we're talking about civilizations that started, um, you know, maybe trading gold, you know, as early as 3000 or 2000 B.C., I mean, we're talking about something that has stood the test of time for almost 4,000 years. I mean, if you go up to somebody on the street today and you ask them if they'd rather have a $100 bill or, um, you know, a quarter ounce of gold, I would be surprised if a lot of people wouldn't take the gold over the paper. I think just in people's minds and in their psyche, even still today, they, they still hold value in gold and silver. And you can see it today in the world economy. Anytime things crash, people run to gold, they flock to it. They inherently know it's money. They know it's valuable. So a lot of people will tell you, oh, you know, it's not worth that much. Um, don't waste your time with it. But I would disagree. And, you know, I would say that um, if you look at what happened to Greece and Rome um, with their debt problems, you know, back then it wasn't paper currency. But But you'll notice what I said earlier is that the ancient Roman Empire began to um, began began to dilute their um, 
their their precious metal coins they started mixing other things in with the silver and the gold to kind of you know we call it debase them so that there was less gold and less silver in the coins um it's it's similar to the tactics that are being used today with paper money where you're diluting and you know increasing the money supply and be, you know making at least in the US you know where i live um making the money worth less it was the same tactic used by the roman empire um which probably at the time that they were in existence was thought to be you know similar to the united states or some similar to some of these world powers that we have today and it didn't matter how big their army was or how smart they were how enlightened they were how scientific they were they they essentially collapsed you can't dilute the money supply you can't try to gravitate away from um stores of value and you know gold and silver aren't the only things that are considered valuable there's other things like land and real estate and other assets you know fine art could be in there antiques but what i want to kind of stress in this in this um, podcast is that gold and silver do have value they are important history does repeat itself um, and so you just need to be mindful of the history of gold and silver um, this podcast is running a little bit long now i usually like to keep them at 10 minutes because i know everybody has a busy life and um, you know 10 minutes seems like the sweet spot for everybody so i'm going to continue um, this podcast in another session we'll call it part two because i did promise you that i would talk about four ways to invest in gold and silver and other precious metals um, but you know for this podcast we went and took a deep dive into the history and why gold and silver is important so i hope you've learned a lot about history don't take my word for it you can go uh, research uh, roman um, greek egyptian and just monetary history um, it's all there for you to um, to research it's all in the history books you know don't take my word for it go um, double check it um, and I'd like to remind you that you know you can email me as always any questions or comments to my email jamie j-a-m-i-e at jamiesmoneyadvice.com and I always invite you to visit my site um, the podcast is live on my site I post blogs from time to time and you can sign up um, for a membership to my site where I'll teach you all kinds of interesting things. Um, one of the topics I'm going to get into as a side um, to this post is I'm going to eventually get around to teaching my subscribers how to collect rare coins. Um, rare coins are interesting and they're also made of gold and silver so you kind of get the double whammy there. You get some rarity and you get some precious metal content that is easily storable at your local bank that's it for this podcast so stay tuned we'll do a part two with the four ways to invest in gold and silver thanks everybody have a good day